0: The words that we share have power. The power to inform, the power to create bonds, even the power to heal. And while I like to think that most of us aim to use our words for good, sometimes they can get us into trouble. When we fight, our words can often do more harm than good. And a simple disagreement can turn into something much bigger than that. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss a natural space that has been modified by humans with humans. The location is a cemetery, Highgate Cemetery, and today, we're going to talk about how a 1970 rivalry between two magicians led to a mob storming the cemetery in search of a vampire. And no, I swear to all of you, I am not making this up. This is your friendly reminder that breaking past a police barricade to desecrate graves is, in fact, a crime. When I sat down to write this episode, I had to ask myself where to start. I know that at no point in my podcasting career will I ever get the chance to discuss a case that involves vampires, magicians, panicked civilians, and grave robbing, so I want to make sure that I do it right. But ultimately, I decided that the best place to start was with the teen girls who first took Highgate Cemetery from a local legend to a more publicized legend. The year was 1967, and two teen girls were making their way home. Along the way, they passed by Highgate Cemetery, and as they walked by, they claimed to see a most disturbing sight. The dead were crawling out of their graves. The locals in the area were, I'm sure, fairly split. Some believed that the girls were confused or just looking for attention, Others believe that there was something evil happening in the creepy old cemetery. I mean, it is a cemetery, right? People get freaked out by cemeteries in general, and I have to assume that this was worse in an age where local lore was the closest that you could get to a Twitter trend. More rumors came up, little murmurs whispering about the undead that carried on for literal years. By 1970, the stories surrounding Highgate Cemetery had taken on a life of their own. And then, something unusual happened. Animals started showing up with their throats slit, and the rumors started that they were drained of blood. Obviously, this was not well received. A new fire would ignite when a man by the name of David Ferrant wrote the newspaper claiming that he saw an unearthly figure at the cemetery. The figure had gray skin, and Ferent, who fancied himself a top-notch magician and expert in the supernatural, believed that something evil was lingering in the area. And he wasn't alone. I think what's most amusing about this is the fact that it happened before things like Reddit or Facebook, but it shows that people have always been exactly as ridiculous as they are now. Because at this point... Another magician, Sean Manchester, who also described himself as a vampire hunter and exorcist, wrote in his own theory. He claimed that it was obvious that it was not just an evil presence. He, with all of his expertise, said that the figure was actually a vampire. This announcement would come as quite a shock, and due to its shocking nature... The news went crazy with it. Not only was it a fun and spooky story, but these two magicians actually individually made their own vows to kill the vampire to protect locals in the area. At this point, a true battle began, one that would carry on until Ferrant passed away 49 years later. Each of these men wanted to be the designated king of the supernatural, and they were both eager to prove that they knew more than the other one. And what better way to do it than to kill the vampire lurking in the area, right? With the dead animals came another unpleasant surprise. One of the graves in the cemetery was disturbed. And people found this to be fairly... Disturbing, to say the least. New stories and claims of more sightings continued to emerge, and what started as nothing more than a story from two teen girls and a history of spooky stories turned into absolute hysteria. In today's world, most of us tend to scoff at stories of the supernatural or anything that feels like a conspiracy theory. Given the technology that we have... We know that anything can be a trick, but sometimes the biggest tricks are pulled on you by your own senses. That isn't to say that there isn't a place for this kind of dialogue, but stories about monsters in today's world just hit a little different. In 1970, however, vampires weren't totally off the table. People were pretty freaked out, and the story started to take on a mind of its own. Soon, a lot of people truly believed that there was a vampire problem in the area, and to some extent, I can almost understand it. These stories really didn't come out of nowhere. A lot of people had scary stories about Highgate Cemetery. It was a creepy place covered in trees, overgrown plants, and crypts. Even looking at the pictures, I felt like I was glancing at still shots from a scary movie. So, if you are worried about ghosts or vampires, I can see how this place might be a problem for you. But people really started to jump in on the vampire narrative. With these two magicians sharing their expertise and fueling the fire in a very public way more people became convinced that vampires were stalking the streets, and they didn't like that. So, when the news announced that Manchester and Ferrant were going vampire hunting, and announced when they were going to do it, a lot of people, specifically a lot of teenagers, got a very bad idea. On TV, they announced that the two hunters would go out to destroy the vampire the next day. The date of this scheduled hunt, which is just hilariously performative, was February 14th. I guess they hoped the vampire didn't watch TV or something. So yeah, these two guys decided to go hunting for vampires on Valentine's Day. You know, to celebrate love, I guess. But there was just one problem. You're probably wondering where any of this actually turns into a crime, right? Well, the official hunt was scheduled for Saturday, February 14th. This meant that the TV announced all of this on Friday the 13th. So, people went wild. So many people were so appalled by the vampire in their midst that hordes of people rallied and literally charged the cemetery. Police tried to make a barrier to keep people out, understanding that they were a little worked up, but it didn't matter, and more importantly, it didn't work. Dozens of people shoved past them to break into the cemetery, and it was during this time that all kinds of crimes were committed. The people that stormed the cemetery were convinced that one of the corpses in the area was responsible. They believed that one of the people buried there was in fact a vampire. But since these were average people and not highly trained vampire hunters, they didn't know which corpse was responsible for these crimes. And at this point, I'm thinking that all of this seems a little extreme and unfair to the vampire in this situation. You know, if we run with the story. Clearly, this vampire was an Edward Cullen situation, right? Sure, they found animals drained of blood. But there weren't any stories about humans getting attacked or drained of blood. So this vampire seems like they were being as courteous as possible, if you ask me. But these people did not care. They were out for blood, or blood drinkers, I guess. They absolutely destroyed the cemetery, driving stakes through the hearts of corpses, desecrating graves, and in some cases, stealing and moving entire bodies. It was a madhouse. People were just waging war on these lifeless corpses. And... As funny as this situation might sound to us now, it's important to remember that this really did happen. Actual graves were disturbed. Real people, real loved ones were ripped out of their graves and their bodies were harmed. And as laughable as a vampire hunting craze might seem, these very real actions weren't funny. I can't imagine how devastating it must have been for those families to walk in and learn that someone had physically assaulted, or possibly even stolen, a loved one's body. Likely because of these horrible actions and the hysteria they started, I don't believe that Manchester or Ferrant went on the hunt the next day. The grave robbers were chastised by the public, but... As far as I know, no one was actually arrested. At least not from the original mob. See, Manchester and Ferrant were still vocal about their beliefs and their very public disagreements. These men were basically subtweeting at each other until Ferrant passed away in 2019. But back in 1970, they were still both eager to solve the local vampire problem and it appears that Ferrant was a little overeager. Clearly not learning from the mass mob, he made the decision to enter the cemetery himself. His tools of choice included a crucifix and a wooden stake. This was not well-received by police. Someone spotted him, and he was promptly arrested. And even that didn't stop him. He was arrested and charged for grave desecration in 1974. And he actually did jail time for that. Manchester, it seems, barely dodged the same fate. Rumors say that he also stormed the cemetery with the intent of driving a stake through a corpse, but his friend convinced him not to do it for fear he would get in trouble. Hilariously... He did opt to leave a bunch of garlic behind just in case. Though we can clearly see how these grave desecrating crimes are problematic, there was one more rumored crime that wasn't as likely to get these two in trouble. At least not with the traditional police. In 1973, these two men basically publicly announced that they were done with each other and that they were ready to settle things once and for all. The two men said that they were going to have a duel. A magic duel. And as far as I can tell, this is because Manchester basically just came out and said that he killed the vampire. No evidence. No confirmation. He just publicly announced that he drove a stake through the vampire's heart. Winning the battle, I guess. Now, I never got my Hogwarts acceptance letter, so I had to look up the rules of magical duels. Apparently, dueling was completely legal for wizards in London at the time, and would be until 1994. So, they weren't technically breaking any rules unless they actually exchanged physical blows, which... Magic duels do not permit. With that being said, it still seems like a fairly gray area when it comes to murdering someone with magic. I'm sure at least one person really wanted to see this duel, but they were ultimately disappointed. Clearly deciding that the dispute was better handled through other means, the two men never had their magic duel. Instead they decided to duel using their words. Manchester released his book, The Highgate Vampire. So, Ferrant released his own book, Beyond the Highgate Vampire. And as time evolved, these two men took to new ways to antagonize each other. The news was no longer publishing their disputes, so they began to publish their own blogs to vent their disputes. At this point, there is nothing illegal about publicly fighting online with an enemy magician. But I do think they should have questioned what their dispute meant for the local paranormal society. Ultimately, their feud was passionate enough to turn everyday citizens into criminals. And long-standing enough to consume the rest of their lives. So... If you would like to discuss vampires, internet disputes, or the choice of having a sworn enemy, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys.